0: Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au Lord, there'll
1: be people here that are drifting because anxiety and fear are pressuring them. There'll be people here, Lord, that are going through difficult times, and today you're going to speak something that will help them and, and ground them again. We thank you for that. Father, we pray that for every single one of us, we will be clothed with the Holy Spirit, the spirit of faith. The faith that comes from You, not out of a, a, a positive mind, but one that comes out of heaven. We pray, God, You'll help us today in Jesus' name. Those online, those in the building, wherever they are, we thank You for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know, it seems to me that we are constantly being reminded that in every sphere of life right now, no matter what it is, that things are uncertain. If it's the economy, we're told how uncertain the economy is. We're not sure what's going on there internationally. Well, who can tell? Politically, what on earth is going on? Socially, just in our nation. You know, so many pressures are tearing at the fabric of home life, marriages, children. It seems to me that almost every day we are being told how uncertain life is. And yet, of course, if you're a Christian, then you know that we serve a God who holds the future in His hands. I don't believe in a a world of randomness. I believe in a world of God's plan. Jeremiah 29 verse 11 God says, I know the thoughts that I have toward you, the plans. He says, they're plans for good and not for evil. Plans to give you a future and a hope. God's got a plan for this planet. God's got a plan for this nation. God's got a plan for your nation, whatever that country of origin may be. And God's got a plan for your life. And God's plans can't be stopped by any force or any Uh, endeavour of the enemy against what God wants to do. But occasionally in the midst of all of that, I think we need to stop and scale a high point and have a little bit of a look and see what's going on and get the long range view and see where are we and what's happening down the track. So today is going to be the last in this longest series I've ever done on vision. Next Sunday morning, I'll start a new series with you called Grow and Build. I believe that I've heard from the Holy Spirit that that's what He's doing right now and is going to continue to do. I don't believe it's a time for let's all huddle together. I believe it's time to grow and build. I believe you look around and you see a lot of rubble, a lot of brokenness, a lot of things not right. And yet God always in the midst of that says to His people, let's arise and build. And so I believe that. I said earlier, and it was not a casual comment. I believe it's a prophetic word that God is going to raise up another sound, a fresh sound of praise and worship in this nation. We've had great waves of it. and We can all sing the songs that we maybe are familiar with. Some of us that are centuries old some of us that are decades old, and we love those, but I believe God's going to do something fresh because it's time to arise and build. And so before we get into that, I want to give you in this last Sunday of vision, if you want to give it a title, it's called The Certainties in Our Future. Let me give you these, go through them. I'm going to read a a reasonable amount of Scripture this morning because I want you to walk out of here going that's in the Bible, that's in the Word of God. That's not an opinion, it's not the result of a survey, it's the result of the voice of God speaking to the people of the earth and saying this is what I'm going to do. Mark my words, most of the verses I'm going to give you contain the phrase, As truly as I live, or as surely as I live, says the Lord. It's almost like God saying, I can't swear by anybody else. I am the greatest there is. So all I can say to you is this, as surely as I live, this is going to take place. Here's certainty number one, the words of Jesus. I will build my church. Matthew 16 verse 18, uh, Jesus is talking to Peter who's just declared out of his own mouth a revelation of who Jesus is. Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus says, flesh and blood did not reveal this to you. He said, you never got this out of your study. You never got this out of uh, seeing what other people were saying. Heaven dropped this into you. And He says, now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock, and upon this rock, And they are two different words in the Greek, and I don't have time to explain it all. But he's not saying I'm building the church on Peter. He's saying I'm building the church on the rock of the revelation that you just gave, the one I mentioned. He says, on this rock, I will build my church and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. And you've got to imagine if you had been there that Jesus is speaking to 12 disciples. They're the only ones within earshot. They hear these words of Jesus that I will build my church. And they are saying, but Lord, what about the Romans? What about the Pharisees? What about the opposition? What about the people that don't believe? What about the people that aren't going with us? What about the ones who started and then got too hard and they left? And Jesus says, I will build my church. Let me give it to you from the message version. It says the same verse. And now I'm going to tell you who you are, who you really are. You are Peter a rock. This is the rock on which I will put together my church, a church so expansive with energy that not even the gates of hell will be able to keep it out. In those days, most cities were walled. And where they had walls, they had gates. And the focal point of every assault was always the gates. Why? Because if you could break down the gates of a city, it became a defenceless city. And Jesus says, my church is going to, pulled down the very gates of hell and everything that hell has captivated. Everything that hell has surrounded. Every political force, every social dysfunction, every family breakdown, everything that has so decimated life in our world today. He says everything that hell has built a wall around, he says my church is going to go and take down the focal point of that wall and that's that Satan has built is going to become a defenseless city against my church. Jesus is still building his church. You know, uh, from time to time, you'll hear of leaders rising and leaders falling. And you'll hear of the church being celebrated, and you'll hear of the church being criticized. You'll hear of things done right, and you'll hear of things done wrong. Can I say to you today as clearly as this, all kinds of styles are going to come and go, but his leadership and his church will continue to thrive no matter what because this certainty is in our future. I will build my church. Amen. Can you give the Lord a bit of an amen this morning? Say, thank you, Lord. You're building your church no matter what. You're building it no matter how it feels or how it looks, no matter what the media's got to say. Let me tell you, there's something more powerful than all the media and there's something more powerful than all the politics and that is the voice of Jesus saying, I will build my church. Wonderful. Here's certainly number two. Certainly number two is this, the glory of the Lord is going to cover the earth. The glory of the Lord will cover the earth. Numbers chapter 14 verse 21 but as surely as I live, all the earth will be filled with the glory of the Lord. That's Numbers 14, 21. You think what well, God said it once? But you know, He said it twice. Habakkuk chapter 2 and verse 14 says, uh, not only that, it adds a bit in. Watch it. It says the knowledge of His glory the knowledge of His glory. As the waters fill the sea, the earth is going to be filled with an awareness of the glory of the Lord. Habakkuk takes it a step further, says not only is the earth going to be filled with the glory of the Lord, he says there will be a knowledge of the glory. And the word knowledge there in the Hebrew is the word yada. And yada does not mean to know with the intellect. It means to know intimately. It means to be acquainted with. It means that you are close to it. It means that you understand it. It means that you're aware of it. It means that you embrace it. It means that you have a a relationship with that. And Habakkuk prophesies, and he says that the earth is not just gonna see. See, we think of Jesus coming back And declaring His Lordship. And people are standing around like they're watching the newspaper. But Habakkuk prophesied. He said it won't be like that. He said the whole earth is going to know the glory of the Lord. People are going to be aware of the glory of the Lord. You'll walk down the street and people will be aware of God's presence. We've had little bits of that over time. We've had people came into the church building because they walked past and felt the presence of God and came in and gave their life to Christ. What an awesome thing it is. Well, the glory of the Lord is going to cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. Let me just give you a little bit of a hint because sometimes we live in a little bubble called Perth or a little bubble called uh, Malaysia or a little bubble called where I live right now. And that's all we are aware of. We aren't aware of the great things God's doing all over the earth. Let me give you a bit of an insight. You've heard me talk about Albania before. Anna, Anna Ronson, who's in our church, she sends me email updates. That woman can't type, I'm just telling you. She sends them. I think it's now about three years ago, was it, Bruce? About three years ago, that Anna started the online connect group ministering to people in Albania because she's from Albania. And I don't know if she's here today, but uh, what an amazing thing. that I I cannot read you the whole lot. I'll be here all day. Let me just read you a little bit here. With regards to the videos we recorded, Pastor Bruce and I separately, we did some videos with Anna giving a live translation into Albanian. Neither of us can speak a word of it. So it was great that she was there. And uh, we recorded those and they've been going out online. The response has been amazing, she says. Some people are still amazed that an Australian church cares about doing messages to bless Albanian people, even though Albania, a Muslim country, by the way, is so far away. It shows the love of Jesus, that He cares specifically and helps people in ways that no one expected or imagined. And she says, we can't thank God enough for this. The response has been amazing. And yes, they are hungry for more. We've got another six months worth of messages and I'll be keeping posting them every first Wednesday of each month. I've had people sending me voice messages and telling me how much those messages have blessed and encouraged them. Also, I went live a couple of weeks ago on that page that I shared about with you both. Everything went very well. I didn't prepare much because I wanted to let the Holy Spirit lead me. I can't thank God enough for the amazing work that He did. I was going to go live for 20 minutes. But surprise, surprise, if you know Anna, huh? They told me to stay at least one hour or more. I was live for an hour. There were people commenting, sharing the video, messaging me, etc. And on and on it goes and healing miracles, people coming to Christ, all manner of amazing things are happening out of uh, an area that probably you didn't even know was happening. And Albania is being impacted for Christ. There's several connect groups now that started out of Anna's ministry out of this church What a remarkable thing. The last set of videos, I think, were going out to 3,000 Albanians. You look at it and you go, well, who knew? When I was a kid, I'd never heard of Albania. Never heard of it. Even when I was a young man, once I'd heard of it, well, who would go there? How would you get there? But here we are in 2023 and what you do, And what comes out of your life and your prayers is now impacting Albanians. Think about that for a second. I was Zooming the week before last with our South Pacific chairman for INC. He told me that out of our our Bible college in Honiara in the Solomons, out of our Bible college, there have now been planted 200 churches. In Papua New Guinea, we've got between 350 and 400 churches. Solomon Islands has got 80, Tonga's got three, Vanuatu's got 40, Fiji's got 38. I was in the first team that went to the Solomon Islands. I remember we, we preached in, well, I won't say where it was, it was just one of the churches and a, a man with, uh, who was born blind, or he, was blind uh, he got, the Lord healed him He got his eyesight back instantly. Well, they, that church didn't like that very much, so they kicked us out uh, <laughs> So we went down. I remember we were the next uh, day we were preaching in a, a thatched kind of a building somewhere down along the road. People came literally walking out of the hills for the move of God. Now you see that and what's going on there. Egypt. I got an email from Fakri Hanna, Pastor Hannah, who he's preached here. Lots of you know Pastor Hannah and the work he's doing in the Middle East. He sent me an email saying that, In a couple of months time, there's an evangelism conference with two and a half thousand young people coming to be trained. He said then we've got another one in September with three thousand. He says there is a a revival happening across the Middle East. Amazing. India. We've talked about India a bunch of times. Next Sunday morning, I'll interview Pastor Stephen for a little while about church planning in India and what's going on. Let's see, the Bible says the glory of the Lord will cover the earth. And it's a mistake to look at your part of it and go, well, I don't see much happening here. It's a mistake to look at your space and go, but what about? It's a mistake to look at what hasn't happened that you've asked for and not to see this mighty move of God over the whole earth. But I don't know about anybody else here I love overseas, but my heart is for this nation. And I believe and, I, and pray that God will pour out His Spirit on this nation as well. We may not have the physical needs of Albania. We may not have the, the spiritual opposition that you might encounter in some other country around the world. We have our own issues. But I believe that the Holy Spirit is going to pour Himself out On the nation of Australia. We are going to the Kimberley, not saying we've got a great plan and a great strategy and we really know what we're doing. That's why we are beginning it with a Northern Night of Prayer. That's why we are saying, let's pray. Because if God moves on the Kimberley, the Kimberley changes. If God moves on Australia, Australia changes. I just wish, uh, God bless everyone that's active politically. I just wish their first port of call would be at the throne of grace to find mercy and help in time of need. If we would start there, maybe our other endeavours would, would bear greater fruit. And now that I've said that, maybe I shouldn't have said it, but it's too late because I just did. And uh, now it's up there online. God bless you all. But uh, I just, I believe in the power of prayer. I believe that when we pray, heaven acts. I believe that when we come together and seek God, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, then I'll hear from heaven and I will heal their land. Amen. And so we are gathering not just to pray for the Kimberley, because I believe it's just the touch paper point for the entire nation of Australia. You say, well, that's a bit bold. Well, let it be so. Here's certainly number three. Are you all here? Certainly number three. I'm just being quieter today to let you think. Certainly number three. All things work together for good. Oh, that's certain, isn't it? Here's certainly number four. We are certain of His help. In a minute, I'm going to read to you Romans chapter 8, verse 26 through 39. It's a long passage. I'm going to read it all. But before we read it, you need to know that Paul wrote his letter to the Romans around about, we're told, AD 55. That's about when he wrote it. What you may not know is that AD 54, the year before he writes it, the Emperor Claudius is succeeded by the infamous Emperor Nero. Probably the most debauched, the most cruel, the most evil leader, almost maybe that the world's ever seen, I don't know. And Roman civilization was already quite brutal, particularly if you are not a wealthy Roman. And so Paul is writing to these people in that environment. See, we sit here and we read the book of Romans. Isn't that lovely? Isn't that nice? Kumbaya, my Lord, if you've got time, a little bit of help. Reminds me of the guy who was praying for a parking space. And he couldn't find one. He'd driven around the block twice and three times. Couldn't find one. In desperation, he starts to pray. He says, God, if you will give me a parking space. I will double tithe. I'll show, he's, he's just praying that when all of a sudden a car in front of him pulls out of that space and he says, don't worry, Lord, I just found one myself. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes we live in such a comfortable kind of space, we forget when this was written. Paul's writing this to a Roman group of believers who most likely are about to get evicted or worse from where they are. So let's read it. Romans 8, 26. The Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. Isn't that good? Isn't that good that He doesn't say, well, I'll help you when you get yourself together. I'll help you when you figure it out. Come on, you slacko. I've been looking at you for ages. Look at you. You're as useless as a hip pocket in a singlet. You're as useless as an ashtray on a motorbike. He doesn't say that. He says the Holy Spirit helps us In our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying, but the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God. And are called according to his purpose for them. For God knew his people in advance, and he chose them to become like his son, so that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And having chosen them, he called them to come to him. And having called them, he gave them right standing with himself. And having given them right standing, he gave them his glory. What shall we say then about such wonderful things as these? He writes to the Romans under the Emperor Nero. If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Here's a verse I learned as a young Christian, one of my first verses I learned out of the Bible. Romans 8.32, he that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not also with him freely give us all things? He writes to the Romans who are many of them are going to lose their homes because Nero made every Jew and every Christian leave the city of Rome, sent them out, exiled them. And these people, and he says to them, he that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not also with him freely give us everything? And he declares this to them. He goes on from there and declares this powerful truth. Who dares accuse us? whom God has chosen for His own. These people are about to be accused of being anti-Roman. Who dares accuse us? God Himself has given us right standing with Himself. Who then will condemn us? No one for Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us. And He's sitting in the place of honour at God's right hand pleading for us. Can anything separate us from Christ's love? Doesn't mean He no longer loves us if we've got trouble or calamity or are persecuted or we're hungry or we're destitute or we're in danger or threatened with death. As the Scriptures say, for your sake we're killed every day, slaughtered like sheep. No, despite all these things. Despite all these things. Overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And I'm convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, angels, demons, fears for today, worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above and the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that's revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's why I said to you, certainty number three is all things work together for good. If Paul could write that to these people in the midst of their world, what would he say to us here in Australia in 2023 who are so worried about the economy, who are so worried about the politics, who are so worried about the world, who are so concerned, even Christians? <coughs> Where's God? What's God doing? How come? If he could write all that to these Romans, what do you think it means for you and for me? All things work together for good and we can be certain of his help He's going to help us. He still wrote those verses. Here's certainly number five. Certainly number five. This is a great one. I love this one. It's this, that Jesus is Lord. Amen. Oh, thank God. Thank God. See, I don't have to make him Lord. I can make him Lord in my life, but I don't have to make him Lord over everything he already is. The Bible tells us that he's seated at the right hand of the Father. You only sit down when you've finished your job, huh? That's why when he said on the cross, "It's finished," he never said it started. He never said, "Well, we're going to give it a a go. You know, we'll see how we get on with this." He said, "It's finished." He said, "Everything you need is done." On that cross, Jesus Christ fulfilled every need and, and uh, took over every power that would ever come against you or I. And He declared from the cross in the midst of His difficulty, it is finished. And you and I need in the middle of whatever pain we may have or the difficulty we may have, we need to look at it and say, Jesus still is Lord. He's Lord. And I believe that. He's Lord. He's Lord regardless. Amen. So I said to somebody, once you know the worst thing can happen to you is you'll die. And then you'll go to heaven. So tell me where that is a bad thing. Oh, I get the pain. I'm not suggesting it's light or easy. But oh, I think, you know, I I texted someone this week who'd lost a loved one. And I said, you know, I'm sorrow, sad for your loss, but I'm glad for their gain. Because they were a believer. They followed Jesus. They served God. And I look at that and I go, oh, think about it. Jesus is Lord. To the same people in the book of Romans, he writes in verse 11 and 14 For as it is written, as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bow to me and every tongue will confess to God. Every knee's going to bow. Amen. You and I. Why do I want to finish this series on vision? Because we've talked about vision about you and I and what we're going to do and what God's going to do and how we're going to position ourselves. Now I want us to take a peek above the trees, as it were, and stop before we head into all the great things God has in store for each one of us, for every vision. Because this much I know, there's no vision in Scripture that does not encounter opposition. There's no vision in Scripture that does not encounter lack before it encounters abundance. Just it. When Jonathan, I preached about it the other week, when Jonathan and his armour bearer went up and they tackled the Philistines and wrought a great victory. I didn't read to you the part of the passage that says that there was not one uh, uh, person in the whole of Israel that had a sword. The Philistines who dominated them so much said you can't have anything. But one man went up there and saw a victory. His Lord... Overall, So let me finish by reading to you Philippians chapter 2, the team can come. Philippians 2, verse 5. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had, though he was God. He didn't think that an equality with God was something to cling to. He gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave, was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God, died a criminal's death on a cross. Therefore, therefore, whenever you see a therefore in the Bible, you've got to look and see what is therefore. The therefore, because he humbled himself, he got exalted. Because he said yes to the will of God, he gets exalted. Same, same for every single one of us. Therefore, God has elevated him to the place of highest honour and gave him the name above all other names, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow heaven, earth, under the earth, and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amen. I tell you, there are some certainties in our future. Thank God for that. There is the certainty in our life, absolutely, that He's building His church, that the glory of the Lord will cover the earth, We're certain that all things work together for good. We know that He's going to help us. And lastly, we know that He's Lord of all. Amen. Amen. Well, you know, the reality is that He's Lord of everything. But maybe He's not your Lord today. Maybe you haven't received Him. I know I live my life. I guess I probably even knew some of the Bible verses. I may have known that verse in Philippians or have heard it, that He is Lord. He used to sing the old song for He is Lord. And that was a great song. But you know, none of that mattered to me because He wasn't my Lord. I had not made Him Lord of my life. He was Lord of other people's lives. Then that came that moment as a young man where I said, Jesus, I wanna make You Lord of my life. And I gave Him my yes. And my yes, I opened the door for the awesome power of His Lordship to come over my life. I have never regretted it. I've had some pretty tough times. I've had some woeful times. I've had some difficult seasons. However, there's never been a moment where I haven't said, God, I regret that. Every single step of the way, Jesus has been there. He led me through the valleys and He's taken me to mountaintops. He's taken me to places of, of appreciation where people have applauded. And I've been in the depths of anonymity and where no one wanted to know. But I tell you what, in every place you go, Jesus will go with you if you make Him Lord of your life. Every place you're gonna go, He'll go with you. He says to the Romans, He's Lord, He's with you. Regardless of what Nero says, there's a name above Nero. Father, help us today. I pray for every person hearing my voice those in the building right now, those online right now, and those online in the days and weeks to come that have got to this point. They're aware, Jesus, that You're not their Lord at all. You you, you have not yet come into their life and brought the change You want to bring. God, I pray that as they give You their yes this morning, just wherever You are right now, I'm going to pray a simple prayer that Says to Jesus, I want you in my life. I'd love you to pray wherever you are. Maybe you're sitting at home watching this. Maybe it's on in the workplace somewhere or other. Maybe you're listening to the podcast of this as you drive. Right now you say, I want Jesus to be Lord of my life. Father, help us. We pray to you this prayer. Lord Jesus, thank you for dying for me. Oh, thank you for the cross where my sin was forgiven, where the price was paid for me. Now I want to come into every blessing and all the relationship You have for me and I say, yes, Jesus, come into my life. Yes, Jesus, I make You Lord over my life. Thank You. Amen. Amen. You can look this way. If you prayed that prayer, maybe you're in the building here. You prayed that prayer. Why don't you join us out of the Connect Hub area out there. Someone would be there. Just go up. All you've got to do is say, I prayed the prayer. They'll know what to do. They'll give you the material. Lots of you, though, will do what so many have done, is that you will want to get daily help and support from us with your yes. All you've got to do is text Y-E-S, yes. The number's up there on the screen, 488 If you're in Australia or if you're outside of Australia, You can go to yes.metrochurch.org.au. All you do is give us your yes. We won't do anything else with your info. We won't even ask your name. God knows your name. He will help you. But we want to be a part of that. We'll give you a Bible verse and a prayer. They're different every day. You get that for 30 days, all completely free. No strings attached. It's our joy. Can we give those people, whoever they are, just a big, beautiful hand. is so well done. Amen. We're going to share communion together this morning. To me, it's always such an anchor point. Always takes me back to the, the crux of the matter. Thank you, team. They're coming to service now. If you love the Lord, please join with us. Take the cup. Got the bread in. Take the cup with the juice in that. Just hold that for a minute. A minute, I'll get you to stand with us. We'll pray. Actually, Pastor Stephen's going to come and pray for us all this morning. He that spared not his own son, that's what you've got in your hands right now. This cup that's got the piece of bread in it. The bread we're told represents His body. He hung on a cross. It wasn't a metaphorical cross. It was a real one put there by the Romans. They crucified Him on that day. This cup that we are told represents His blood shed for us. These things serve to remind us of the truths we read about in the book of Romans. He that spared not His own Son but delivered Him up for us all. How will He not with Him freely give us everything we need? So I encourage you this morning, as you take it, what is your need this morning? What is it today that you would say from your heart, oh God, I want this, I wanna be closer to you. Believe that this morning. Pastor Steve, would you come please? give you a hand except our hands are full great to have you with us by the way many many years ago since you were here I believe my eldest daughter Rebecca was preaching that day and you have showed me the notes you still have of that message she preached and we had no idea what that moment was going to look like however many years down the track all those churches that your church High Point Life planted in India and the thousands of people that are being impacted and the seed of it was a a, a message here on a Sunday from Rebecca. How beautiful. Let's all stand together, shall we? Pastor Stephen, as you pray before we eat and drink together as the family of God that we are, thank you. We will.
0: Let's go to God in prayer. Our God, we want to come to you as a family this morning, thanking you for your immense and deep love for us. Lord, you did not look at the world and see a whole bunch of lovable people. You looked at the world, you saw people who were grappling in darkness and struggling with their sin. People who were hopeless and helpless. And you loved them anyway. And despite all the accusations that the enemy can throw at us, we thank you that on the cross, what you did was to take the blame on yourself. You bore on yourself every accusation thrown at us so that we can go free. We can be forgiven. The emblems before us, the bread that speaks of your body, the cup, the wine that speaks of your blood, underscores the fact that God is for us. And so there can be no one against us. When the enemy comes before you to throw accusation, you stand in our place, and you said, "I have paid for that in full. I am for him. I am for her. They are mine." So, Lord, we take this cup. We take the bread. With thankful hearts. Thank you for forgiving us. Thank you for freeing us. Thank you for making us your own. Thank you for being for us. We give you thanks in Jesus' precious name.
1: Amen. Let's eat and drink together, shall we Father, we thank you for this morning. I pray, God, that every single person, wherever they are, wherever they're going to be this week, will carry an awareness of your glory. You're with us. You're for us. You're building your church. The glory of God is going to cover the earth. We thank you for what lies ahead, the certainties in our future. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Hey, the cafe's going to be open. today. big thank you, by the way, to all the men from the men's ministry. Pastor Rain and Kate are down at our Mandurah church this morning celebrating its 35th anniversary. Uh, but they did all the cooking. My wife Rhonda's up in the parents' room, concierging there this morning. Uh, she'll be down in a minute. But hey, now if you need prayer, Pastor Bruce is online with that. And John and Trudy Hill are out in the press space believing for miracles for everyone that needs it. God bless you. Don't forget this Friday night, it's a northern night of prayer.